Hello, City Church. My name is Jacob, and this is City Church Together for Tuesday, August 24th. Today is Grilling with Tim, episode two. We're going to be talking about power dynamics with one of our lay elders, Anthony Fontaine. You may be thinking, lay elders? What does that mean? They just lay around? No. Anthony, as one of our lay elders, is one of our non-staff elders who brings a unique perspective to the elder team. And so we wanted to pick his brain about what power dynamics look like within the elder team. Tim has some excellent questions and, of course, an excellent grill tip of the day. Be sure to listen for that. And one more quick note. Today's interview was recorded on Zoom. And so you guys all know how Zoom is. Not the best audio quality, but I will tell you, what we lack in our usual audio quality, we make up for in the medium well or rare, depends on your preference, content that we're bringing. So let's jump into our conversation. Well, Anthony and Tim, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing? Good. Good, good. good. Well, this is Grilling with Tim episode two. And today we're talking about power and um, and the power dynamic. So, Tim, why are we talking about power today? Yeah. Okay. So um, that's one of the main thing. One of the main topics of discussion in the rise and fall of Mars Hill is how power dynamics led their church to be uh, to be governed by one person. How he kind of like finessed his way with using different um leadership tactics and power tactics to to kind of get into that position and it and it part of it wasn't his fault it was it was the systems that were set up in the church and they kind of uh led to that with the way that a lot of founding members left the church very quickly yeah. Uh, yeah. after it started and so he was kind of the, the visionary and was left with that and so he had a lot more power than than the other elders on staff mm-hmm. um and so that it talks a lot about how uh he he um he being mark driscoll kind of misused his his power and his influence in the decision making process and the vision process and really every every aspect of the church um so i was just curious about how um how those dynamics exist in city church and Mm. um and kind of the the checks and balances involved with the leadership um and with you being a lay elder anthony um right. kind of what that what that looks like so i think at, at the core we've we've remained pretty focused on uh, our need for bringing the gospel to people who need to hear it uh, i think it was about five years ago we kind of had a shift uh, that would be what i would think is is like the first shift in thinking of of what it was and that's when we we took a look around us and said who who are we ministering to and we found that that so often we were ministering to people who were broken um, for any number of reasons and and that was where god had put us we were able to to see people come to christ through this brokenness we were able to see uh, people grow deeper in christ through circumstances of brokenness um and so that as we went through that there's there's definitely elements of like people who have vision on our team 
So, and, and that's one of the things that's been really great about it because when it comes to communicating, I mean, Trevor has a vision, Trevor has a style. And when it comes to thinking through systems, uh, that's a, that's an area where Jeremy has a, a, a real good vision and style. Um, so that, you know, Trevor and Jeremy both will ask us for input on, on different things in those areas. Um, when it comes to planning out sermon series, when it comes to thinking about systems of the church, um, and my, my background professionally uh, being finance, there's many times that, that Jeremy has called me and said, Hey, this is like, like, for instance, with us purchasing land and purchasing the, uh, or beginning our building process is like, Hey, this is what this bank is telling me. This is what this bank is telling me. Just kind of bouncing that. And I, I worked in banks for a little while as well. Um, so he, just kind of bouncing those ideas off of, of others to make sure that, Hey, we're not going down some path totally on our own or totally, you know, with, with no support and agreement with anybody. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like to elaborate a little bit on that. So, so you, there's all the different, all the elders, let me start over. So the, the lay elders have, um, real careers and jobs and things that they do. And so that kind of really is actually a real benefit to the church in that y'all have a different perspective and the ability to see it from a different perspective and to not, and like you said earlier, you mentioned that there's, um, there's a type, there's a different type of perspective that is created by y'all not being on the payroll and not having your, your income tied up with the church. And you kind of can see in a different in a different way, the way that the church is, um, is operating. Uh, definitely. So, you know, they, they all brought different, different things to the table. Andy, before he left, he was a teacher. So we had a, an educator, communicator kind of pr perspective, uh, from him. Um, you have Joel on our team who, uh, deals with publishing and, uh, production of, of videos and so there's there's kind of different perspectives even though they're not doing it in in the church they they have different gifts that they're bringing to the table and as i look at our perspective elders there there's diversity and gifts and and talents there as, as well um the the you know we talked i talked a little bit about kind of the building process and having that be an idea that was bounced off on uh, me and there's other things I can think of that like the elders have kind of brought in the lay elders to say hey this is where we really need you to input and, and one thing about that is like staff raises like Jeremy and Trevor don't give themselves raises on their own accord they make sure that uh, an elder is is approving it there's reasons behind the decisions and we look at it are able to say yes jeremy this looks great and i kind of when i think about what i bring to the table in instances like that like i don't want i don't want elder or i don't want people who are are 
our ministers within our church to be serving at a at a detriment like i don't want it to be a burden on their families that they are not able to support because Mm -hmm. they're working for a church and so anytime i've seen that i'm like hey this kind of raise or this kind of bonus opportunity is like when you look at that what it would be in the professional world like that that's kind of what i i try to bring the table when I, I discuss those decisions with them it's like you know when you look at performance raises in the business world it, versus what kind of opportunities you have to to bless um, and be a steward of of the money that we have for the church so that's really good and I think that leads that kind of leads into uh, another question is how how do the the power sharing how does the power sharing work with the um, lay elders and the staff elders, because you've got into it a little bit, but as far as, um, as votes and decision-making, and I like what, where you're going with the, um, with the raises, like, do y'all vote on what, what kind of what determines like a big decision, a vote worthy decision? Uh, because I know you mentioned earlier, you don't, you don't, they don't keep you in the loop on everything. Right. So what kind of determines that? When, when I think about the decisions that we make, there's not like a hard and fast rule of like something over $500 has to be discussed or, you know, there's not a, a, a limit per se on money. Um, I think the way it kind of plays out is how, how deep or heavy will something weigh on the congregation. And it, when we think about the opportunities we had with the Gold's Gym and the, the property that we're buying now, it was like, okay, these are decisions we have to make. And how, how much does this weigh on the direction of the church, the direction of our congregation? And that kind of brings in what we need to decide on because, I mean, we were discussing things for Gold's Gym like, how much is too much to spend on upgrading an HVAC system, you know, like stuff like that. But the, the thing about the unique thing I think about our dynamic as elders is so rarely, like I, I can't even think of a time where we actually had to tally vote so much mm-hmm. as it's, Hey, all right, these are the options we have before us. And you know, we, we discuss them, we weigh them out. And, and really it's like, we, we become more in one accord with, Mm -hmm. okay, this is what I'm thinking. There have been times when everybody wasn't, wasn't ready or, or wasn't, you know, 100% on the same level of understanding on something. And it's, when I think about those times, it's as if we just waited, Mm -hmm. we said, okay, if, if this does not, you know, if we have questions, let's try to answer these questions. Let's try to figure out what other aspects of or other angles maybe we haven't thought about. And then after we come back together, once we're all comfortable, once we all are kind of in agreement, that's usually when we, we act uh, on whatever we're deciding at that point. Um, you know, the, it's easier to put parameters on 
the church decisions that we make that have like on a monetary or like property impact, that sort of thing. But then the, the harder ones are really when we're talking about things that are going on with our people, because mm-hmm. there's, there's things that come up and it's like, you know, we can never lose sight of the fact that, that these are people. And, and so it, it's harder to even quantify like decisions where we're trying to lead people um, that are going through something or, or, you know, bringing things before the elders. Uh, those are even harder to quantify. But like I said, it, it really, it, if we ever had something where it would, it came down to a vote like that, it would, it would be that we all have an equal vote. I think that's how it's spelled out in the, in the bylaws. But um, as, as we have experienced, it, it usually, you know, ends up in the Robert rules of orders is everybody, everybody, all, all eyes, no opposed, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever those formalities that we actually keep track of those. And, um, but normally it's, it's because we've all come to, to a unanimous kind of agreement on how to approach something. Right. That's, that's really helpful. Uh, it, it seems like moving as moving through decision-making and any sort of leadership aspect as one unit is seems a whole lot better than having like you know two-thirds majority we need two-thirds majority to move the hvac purchase you know like way less politics (laughs) right and there's there's so many different ways that that churches can be structured because i've experienced and seen things fold out where what things take a whole congregation's vote or what things take uh, different structures of deacons and elders. And, um, but I think any time that you can get more of a consensus agreement on something, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to, to pass all those decisions down to, to other people. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any of you folks out there that skipped to this part. If you did, no, don't, don't you be doing that. Make sure you're with the first half. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 you know, that's the meat. You know, this is just the condiments. Uh, you know, really going deep into this burger metaphor. Okay. Uh, the grill tip of the day. So, Tim, give us some words of wisdom from the fire of the grill. <laughs> okay. So, this one is all about meat and temperatures okay so you know when if you're not an amateur or if you're if you are an amateur griller cooker cook whatever you you're probably going to be tempted to if, if you have if you start to see grilling as a hobby and you're probably going to get on you know any sort of youtube video or, or message board whatever and you're going to see people telling you to use the finger trick you're going to hear the infamous finger trick if you hold 
if you touch your index finger to your thumb and touch the pad of your thumb, as you move, as you touch the, if, if you then, as you're tapping the pad of your thumb, if you touch the, your middle finger to your thumb and then your ring and then your pinky, the, your, the pad of your thumb is going to get harder and harder. So a lot of people will say that this is how to understand how meat steaks are done. So your, your index finger is, if you're doing this, if you're doing this with me, then your index finger is medium rare. Your middle finger is medium. Your, um, your ring finger is medium well, and your pinky is well done. If you're touching, if you're tapping with your other hand, the, the, um, your thumb pad. So that's what a lot of people are going to tell you. Like, this is hard and fast. Like this is how you do it, but it's not true. Everyone's hands are different. I'll give that to you. I don't know if y'all realize that, but everyone's hands are different. Yeah. Some people have skinnier hands. Like that's just the fact (laughs) of life. So it's not, you know, and every cut of steak is different. Right. A ribeye it feels drastically different than a strip or a fillet, so it it doesn't. It's just it doesn't work. If you if you want to learn how to tell the doneness of steak by touch, you're gonna have to cook thousands of steaks. You're gonna have to be wow. a professional cook. It Dang. it doesn't it doesn't make sense for uh, for the home cook, the home griller, to actually to learn how to do that. The sure. number one thing you need is a thermometer. Mm. and a chart get download a little picture on your phone of the temperatures and doneness and then and get a thermometer insert it into the thickest part of the steak and or whatever you're cooking and you'll know the doneness uh based on the the temperature if a lot of people are going to tell you to to do the finger trick or or to just know but you know you're as a home cook you're not you're not cooking you. I mean, what do you cook steak like twice a year? You know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't cook it that often at home. So, yeah. you know, it's not something that I'm, if you cooked every, a steak every night, you probably could develop that technique, but, um, but without doing that all the time, uh, I'd just say, get a thermometer, learn how to read it and learn what temperature you like. Learn that 115 is medium rare, that 125 is medium and you're set, you know, uh, you can just mm. get a chart. And, yeah. and figure that out. Yeah. Uh, so that that is the tip of the day. So just as our elders are checking their internal temperature, make mm. sure you check the temperature of your steaks, folks. That's our grill tip of the day. So let's get back into today's episode. And of course, there's going to be some elders that are more like gung ho for a certain position, and some that are going to be a little bit more like, "Are we sure?" And but at the end of the day, you don't move forward unless everyone is unless everyone is saying yes. We let's let's move forward with this. Anthony, if there's been any emotional conflict like within your elder meetings, what does the resolution process look like? There's probably been more emotional conflict over just being distraught about some of the problems that we've had to deal with, that people are having to deal with or coming to with us. Um, there, it's hard to say really how how that had to be resolved. I just haven't seen uh, 
seen anything like that. And I know when it comes to kind of the depth of some of the things we see when people are bringing us these personal conflict issues with, be it with a spouse or be it with you know, someone else within the church or even stuff that has been brought before us where, you know, maybe we didn't handle something great the first way. That's that's where I've seen more of it. Um, and with that, like, genuinely, if someone is, is coming to the elders because they feel like there's something that we did wrong or something that uh, needs to be changed within the church, like, we genuinely want to hear hear those people out. Yeah. Like, hear, hear, hear what they have to say and receive that. and. I've seen I've seen elders ask for forgiveness wow. uh, for a way of a pen on a situation, and and I've seen a lot of empathy um, toward the way someone feels or the way that um, something we said or did might have had an effect on. Yeah, I love that. That's I mean that's encouraging to hear because I think. Um, as kind of you've alluded to, Tim, it's like I think it's at least it sounds a lot of their um a lot of the elder meetings that you know that are detailed in the rise of all of Mars Hill are like they're supercharged mm-hmm. with emotion and conflict, and so it's it's encouraging to hear that you guys are very much you know the standards of elders that you're supposed to enact to the church. You're also enacting to one another, and that's right. that's encouraging to hear. I kind of have one more question. Yeah. So, Anthony, how do you think the new the addition of the new um, perspective elders is going to change the dynamics? Well, there will definitely be a change, and we even had discussions uh, as we were making decisions to bring more elders in as to what what those dynamics would look like because right off the bat you're adding as it stands right now we're considering three elders so you're you're thinking about adding three three new voices to to the room so that's just more more opinions that you need to hear more insights you need to to glean uh which is a good thing uh but it but it does kind of broaden the net of of what we're we're considering when we think about what they bring to the table. Each time that I've been a part of us adding someone else to the table, we've learned over the years uh, as a church and as a an older team that kind of integrating them in somewhat slowly is is it has worked out really well. That you're in the meetings, kind of listening, you can ask questions, you know, just as if anybody else in the meeting, but um, just kind of bring you in so that you get used to hearing those people, their their voice, get used to hearing how they interact with you in the meeting. And as a church grows, uh, I think that just becomes even more evident that, like, hey, we need more people because you may need to focus on a few handful of people who either need encouraging, need way you know whatever that may be and then to kind of spread some of that burden of ministry 
that's that was a great question. I think that that leaves a lot of um, expectation and hope for the future of our elder team. Uh, Anthony, thank you for coming on and um, yeah. um, grateful for you guys and um, how you guys see power as not something uh, to lord over others, but mm-hmm. to empower others. So um, right. grateful for you guys. And uh, with that, City Church, go and multiply the gospel. Thank you.